0: What's up, everybody? We're back here with Episode 1 on the Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Whitaker, and today we have Emiliano Salazar. He's uh, our first guest. E, what's up, man? What's up, dude? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Of course. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. We've been battling um, some technical difficulties to to start the night here, but we got it going. We're here. We're here. We're making it happen. That's right. That's right. So, E, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to... I'm going to give you a little introduction. Not that you need one around these parts, but he is a uh, chef. He works at uh, Tropicana Field. Um, I know you're there most of the time during the season when the Rays yep. are playing, but you also do uh, events at Tropicana outside of baseball. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So we do, um, I work for Levy and they do um, basically all food and beverage for the stadium. Uh, so we do everything that needs any type of food beverage uh, outside of baseball season so we're getting ready to open up for a, ch- a thing called the chant um, okay. so it's basically like a whole christmas maze that they do there this is a third year doing it um so it's gonna be fun it's uh it's like a whole month of just basically christmas and christmas lights so just and you get in full spirit full full month of just christmas of course. And
0: I mean, that's obviously, that's actually something I haven't been to. And I've lived down here. This is my fifth year and I haven't been to that. So that's something I might have to do. But, um, let's, let's dive into, uh, your career a little more. How did you get started, um, with being a chef? How did, how did you, how do you even go about that process? When did you start? Did you always know that's something you wanted to do? Um,
1: yeah. So, uh, this is gonna sound kind of crazy, but like ever since I was like in elementary school, like I just I've always wanted to be a chef. Like I've always wanted to be cooking in some way, and and you know it's not really like my parents were like. I hope my mom doesn't hear this, but it's not like they were like crazy cooks, you know, like or crazy like crazy in the kitchen, like cooking these crazy meals and like, but they were just you know making it work and you know with what we could afford and with with the time restraints, like they made good meals. And I remember just always being, being in there, looking at them and seeing them prepare food and putting their like heart and soul into it, regardless of what they made, make. Um, And it was just good. So like, I don't know, little like looking now back and just like, that's what really got me wanting to cook. And then seeing, you know, things on the food network and things like that, like when I was young and I was like, wow, that's cool, you know? I was like, wow, cooking is pretty cool. And I've just always been so, like, attracted to it. And um, so then in high school, there was, like, a cooking program for my high school. So uh, I went to, like – it was, like, a special – what is it? Like, like I went to that school just for that. Like a culinary? Yeah, it was a culinary program. Uh, So I went there, and then my sister-in-law worked at a restaurant. So it was my – the summer going into junior year or the summer going into sophomore year. I really can't remember. It was so long ago. And um, she got me my first job like in like working there. And uh, I was so bad at it. I was so bad at it. And uh, I actually got fired from like working the bread station yeah, because I, I just, just, I was like, dude, I was ready the bread. bread. So how do you get fired from the bread station? Yeah. so no. So basically, this is literally my job. And you're going to be like, wow, e, like, you have come a long way. And I laugh at it now. But, but that's why you're here. So that's basically, yeah. So basically what would happen is like the order would come in. So, you know, when like the waitress is like, what type of bread would you like? What type of toast? Like white, wheat, rye, whatever. And you tell her. So like when that order would come in, I would just toast that bread. And dude, like, I'd have like 10 orders in and like, bro, I was like burning this bread. I was just so bad. And I was just, dude, but I was like in high school. I was like 15, 16 years old. Like, I was just bad at it. But I was like really wanting to learn and really wanted it. And um, probably not as focused as I could have been, but it's something that like I knew I wanted to do either way i got fired and like they just didn't want me in the kitchen which is okay i would have not wanted me in the kitchen i now i would have fired myself i would have been like yo you're not you're not cut out for this now that you're on the other side yeah yeah i would have definitely fired me i wouldn't brought me back either you know right but um my sister-in-law i think she you know she kind of talked to them and uh they were looking for a food runner so basically what that person does is just like exactly what it is it's like uh order comes in and as soon as the kitchen puts it out, the expediter uh, gives it to the food runner, tells them where it's going. They are in charge of just, literally just bringing the food to the tables. So what that taught me was like, just kind of how to be, how to manage, how to manage yourself a little bit better. Um, just you know, I was there. I excelled a little bit more. Um, the the job, the place where I was at, they opened a new restaurant. Like after a couple of years of working, I was like a year or two of working there. Um, I kind of got a little bit better at it. So when they opened up a new restaurant, they took me with them uh, to there. And then the chef that I was working for his whole time, his name is Nick Fuller. He's a really great guy. And uh, he left and he started working at, um, he started working at uh, the Breakers Hotel. So by this time I had graduated culinary, I graduated from high school and I was in culinary school and I didn't have a job. And I, uh, there was two choices. There was a, there was a restaurant that's still there now in, in West Palm where I grew up. And um, there was a restaurant there. And then there was a breakers hotel that, that guy Nick wanted me to work at. Um, and it was basically a choice for me, like where to go, to go work. And I ended up picking to go work with Nick. And honestly, like that, like changed my life because I ended up like, working there for five years. Um, So what we did there was basically, uh, we cooked for all the employees at the hotel. So um, every day they had like a meal, they had it, it was just, it was a lot of learning and it was really good for me because uh, I got to learn a lot. And then after a couple years, just being a cook there, um, the sous chef like position opened. So I ended up uh, like my resume in and like I took a two chef test and things like that and I ended up getting the job and then after a couple years um I was there and like I really didn't know what I wanted to do like I was like kind of like in limbo like I was just kind of like just going to work I was just kind of going through the motions you know just like just going through it and just kind of like seeing that this is what I want to do, you know, cooking. What I really wanted to like take myself to another level. Like I, I really didn't know where I wanted to be my next step. Like, do I want to open up a food truck? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Do I do it here in West Palm? Like, do I move somewhere? Try to get a job. And then, um, randomly, uh, one of the sectors that I work for in the, our company, um, Levy, that I work for now, um, they reached out they're the executive chef of marlin's park reached out to a lot of different properties and they were like hey like we're looking for cooks to come and help um, work the mlb all-star game this was 2000 and this is 2017. okay this is 2017 yeah and um this is your introduction to baseball yeah yeah so like i had never so of course like my boss asked me and he was like hey would you like to go do this and i was like yeah I think it was in 2017 I can't remember 2017 or 2018 but either way um they were like hey we're looking for people so immediately like I signed up you know I think I was like 22 or uh 21 around that time and uh I was like yeah man like I'm all for it like let's go you know like as being so young and growing up and liking sports like I was like I just want to go do that that sounds like so cool you know So I went and it was great. Like I just went, I had a good time, Um, but I treated it like it was my own, it was like my like home place that I work, you know? Like I showed up, I like worked hard, I met people and like I pride myself, like my parents, like they're really good with talking to people. So um, I was like talking to everybody. I was making sure that everyone got a good impression of me. And then um, that was my first introduction to the behind the scenes of like major league sports, you know, and um, ballparks, and you know, just the entertainment industry like that. So, I just remember being so amazed, you know, the quantities of food, the the coolers are so big, like the um, what goes into it, how many cooks there is, like how many chefs there is there, and like all that thing, all that stuff. So, um, I met the executive chef. His name was Vince Navarrete, and um, we we talked for a little bit and you know he hit me with like the like the oh if anything ever comes up like I'll let you know you know and like people tell you that stuff like all the time, so I didn't think anything of it. I was like wow that's really cool and it made a really big impact on me. And then uh, a couple of months later he was like hey we're taking over uh, Tropicana Field in in St. Pete, um, would you be interested? And it was just crazy. It was like it was like one of those signs that was like like here you go. You know, here's your, here's what you were looking for. Well, you've been working. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, here's what, here's the answer and kind of like the, the path that like, that is kind of like for you, you know, of course. So of course, like I was like, i was still there with my parents and it was kind of one of those things where it was like, all right, this is like what I need to do. And I never realized I was like, so independent. Um,
0: I really, I really
1: relied on my parents and my family, but, this is when I realized that like, this was my journey. And like my thing was like to go and be here, you know? So I ended up moving here. Um, uh, we took over Tropicana field as a company cause it used to be a different company that was like the food and beverage mm-hmm. provider. So our company came in, we took over. Um, I started there December, 2017. So I started there December, 2017. And then I worked the 2018 season there. That was my first season there. And uh,
0: it was hard, man. It was really, really hard. Yeah, like, and I believe that's when we met, actually.
1: Yeah. You and yeah. I met in 2018. Yeah, yeah, So that was your debut yeah, season. Yeah, because I race. started going to the – yeah, I started going to, to Deep Blue. And yeah. I remember going to the gym there and, like, meeting you and um, a lot of good people there. And uh, But, yeah, it was really hard, man. I, like, didn't know – and I think it wasn't just the working. I think it was me um, – living here by myself my family lived like four hours away I really didn't I knew I knew a lot of people but they didn't have like strong you connections know, connections yeah. and bonds and things like that you were still
0: finding your way around and what's here.
1: crazy is like a lot of people that lived here that I met now looking back a lot of people were the same way as I was like just moving here just kind of trying to figure it out and um I wish now like you know you we can we have these open conversations now but like you know you don't really you don't really meet someone and you're like hey man i'm lonely like you want to just hang out like you know um of course you know you don't open up like that yeah exactly so but yeah so first year was hard um second year uh going in the end of the first year uh we brought another chef um uh chef mike malone he's he's a really good friend of mine and uh he came on and we formed like a good team, you know, and we formed a team. Um, we went into the second season everything was great, man. Everything was wonderful. Um, and then going into the 2020 season, that's when, like, I just remember, man, that day we had just came back from a flight, me and Ali, we just got engaged. We went to Mexico and to California and for and those then, of you
0: that don't know ali is his now wife yes
1: Allie's my wife uh she's at home with our with our almost year old son we can get into that later yeah but yeah max, the man. max max the man mad max uh so yeah so then i just remember getting a call it was a week before the season started and we just got a call it said we need to kick everyone out the kitchen and no one's to come back until we say so and like that's when like like uh COVID was really like you know popping off so they um, shut everything down. Shut everything down. They didn't tell us anything. They they you know, they said I'll oh, we'll be back in a couple well, of weeks. Well the season was suspended as well. The season was was uh it the was it was, it was paused, it yeah, was yeah. paused. For that time it was paused. Okay. Um we didn't know what was going on. Uh they said we would have some sort of season. That wasn't true. Um, which nobody knew, you know. Of um, course, that was new. So exactly, for everybody. exactly. So uh that happened. Um I ended up getting furloughed. Um, I got furloughed from
0: there, um, and I—I I don't know if you remember this. Sorry to interrupt you. I don't no, no, know if you remember this. We talked during that time, and I remember you telling me you didn't know if you were going to end up back with the Rays.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. And we had a couple conversations. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was one of those things of like, um, I think a lot of people felt like this. I'm not just like a singular person, and a lot of people felt like this about you know everywhere they worked. You know, they you. You go from working somewhere where um, you know you're you're deeply involved with the company, you know, and um, what happens is like you get dropped, and it's a big company, you know. It's like it's a really big company with a lot of different stadiums, and from a corporate sh- uh, from a corporate standpoint, like I get it, you know. We all had something had to happen, and we get it. Um, some things could have been handled differently, but it's whatever, you know. Like I ended up. I didn't know what I was going to do, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was in the same boat. I kept telling myself that I was it was crazy because Ali was working at the hospital. She was uh, my wife's an ICU nurse. She was. And um, it was hard. Like she would come home and she would see these things at work and like it would really affect her mentally. And as her husband, we weren't even married yet, but as her fiance, like I just wanted to be like, stop stop going there you know stop working because it's taxing Um, because it's taxing on her and, and her mental health and um it was really affecting her but i wasn't working so it's like how do we even make ends meet if we can't you know so um out of that whole thing formed um i needed to do something so i started cooking uh at the house and i started like selling things from the house and i created this whole um Kind of like my side business, my end goal in life. Um, my end goal for my career, um, the, the name is Casa Salazar. So basically it just means like, Let you know, people know. It's like, good yeah, food. And listen,
0: everybody, it's great food. I'm not just saying this because he's sitting right here. Anybody that's had it, I promise you they're saying the same thing. But Casa Salazar, go ahead and tell the people. Well, thank
1: you, man. Um, so basically right now it's just a name, you know. It's just, just a name which means Casa Salazar, which is just kind of like, Basically, it's the house. It's the house that I was that I was raised in. It's uh, it's just I wanted I wanted it to be like a home, you know. I wanted it to be one of those places where people hear the name and they just know that they're gonna get good conversation, good food, good you know? culture. Um, one of the the main the main two words I wanted to put together is community cooking, like Salazar community cooking, because um, I like cooking and meals that involve a family you know involve everybody together involve everyone around one pot cooking one meal everyone has a task you cut the onions you cut this you cut this you stir you know so for me um would you would you say you put love into the food
0: yeah man that's what it sounds like you know you built yeah because i because i because i
1: really because it i think the most important thing is that it came from a place of um i wanted to provide for my family at that moment i needed something i wanted to create something that like just wasn't like another thing coming out you know and like i wanted to make food that made people happy in a time where we were really unknown with things things were really weird you know like there, was a, a lot of, the there was a lot of conflict between people there was a lot of but one thing that i wanted to do was like create something food-wise that could you know just like kind of you know, in the beginning, I was just doing cookies and, and breads and things like that. And I think for that time that you're eating that cookie, you kind of forget about everything and you're kind of like, I'm just enjoying this with my wife. You know, like if you're at home, like, you know, there was a lot of different families that bought for me. There was, there was just like, you know, all types of people that were buying from me. And I felt really grateful because I formed some really good connections and, uh, it was really cool for them to, for them to buy for me and like there were some strangers that bought for me and i thought that was the coolest thing because of course you're going to get like a lot of your friends that want to support and a lot of, of course, your family, people that aren't but it was when people when people bought for me and like they were strangers that was like the coolest thing right yeah. i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to
0: stop you real quick because there's something i want to say mm-hmm. and it's it's the right time to say it so one your journey's fascinating and the reason i say that is because it's built off passion yeah you know and i as someone else who believes that in the workplace, that's, you should follow your passion. You're one of the few people that I actually know that has done that, yeah. you know, and um, it's one, it's good to see, but two, it's carried over to your business in, in Costa Salazar yeah, yeah. and that the culture you're building, the environment you're building, I think it's not only good for you, but it's good for the, everybody that knows you. Yeah. And then, you know, the people that are going to get to know you and things of that nature. But, I I think that your story alone can inspire a lot of people, just because even like you said from the very beginning, you know you had you had some miscues, you had things happen yeah. that you didn't think were going to happen, but you followed your passion. Yeah. You didn't deter yourself from doing what you wanted to do, yeah. and you know here you
1: are now. But yeah, if
0: continue on with what you're saying. You can tell the people where you're at now. Yeah, yeah. so now
1: so I look luckily um, so we ended up getting married. Me and my wife. Um, this leads into what I'm uh, like where I'm going with this, but end up getting married um and because one thing i wanted to just make sure was like you know like i wanted to let her know that like regardless of all this crazy stuff that's going on in the world like you know like she was someone that i really cared about and i wanted to make that happen you know regardless so we ended up getting married um at the courthouse we wanted to have this big mexican wedding it didn't happen um but we ended up getting made a courthouse uh i ended up getting call that they were looking for cooks to go work at the img uh WNBA bubble
0: okay and i remember we talked about yeah this yeah, yeah. Bit. so i went so cool I went to, opportunity. Yeah, yeah
1: really great really cool and um it was working with like professional athletes and you know and uh so i went over there we worked there for i believe it was three months um three meals a day seven days a week um we would take like i would work six days in a row take a day off and uh It was really good getting back to getting back to a place where I was working, cooking again, um, getting into a place that I just remember, you know, like getting back into a kitchen. Uh, So after that ended, um, I met good people that worked at that hotel, IMG Hotel, um, and they offered me an executive suit position there, a sous chef position. So where... My career was at that point, I had nothing lined up after the WNBA, so um, so I took it. So I took the job. Um, and how old was, were you at that job? Um, I was there for a couple months. I think I was there from, I want to say I was there from like December to March. And you knew that was temporary. Um, yeah, I knew that it wasn't going to be there forever, um, but it was something at that moment that I needed, you know, and it was cool. It was like a time where um i was i didn't have anybody that i really like um like knew there when i started you know so it was kind of like a fresh start um it was a cool job met really good people and um one day i got a call that they were uh that basically that they wanted to have me back at the stadium um they wanted to bring me back as an executive sous chef and, um, and for the people that
0: don't know, when he's saying the stadium, he's talking Tropicana Field. Yeah, Tropicana Field. So, Which is in St. Pete, yeah. the Rays' home stadium. Yeah, the Rays' home
1: stadium. So at, at that time, my drive every day to the IMG Stadium was an hour, and I lived three minutes from Tropicana Field. So um, at this same time where I got that call, uh, my wife found out she was pregnant, right? So it was one of those things of when I get a call that something's wrong – you know, nothing happened, luckily, real thankful. Um, but if I were to get a call that something I needed to be at the hospital in a couple minutes, I was an hour away or I could choose to be in a job where I was four minutes away. Right. And uh, it was it was it's very important. And it was really easy for me because I, I know the stadium. I know the people. Um I know a lot of good people there and, you know, if something happens, I could just, I can leave, I can come back. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. So um I ended up taking the job back with the stadium. Uh We had a good season. It was really good. Uh, a lot of people came back. And this is 2021 or 2022? This is 2021, last season. Right. Yeah, yeah, last season, the season of 2021. So came back. It was really good to see everybody. Um Everyone was really excited to see me. I was really excited to see everybody. This is people that like, I've, you know, worked really hard with, you know, my family, my second family, 100%. So, ended up working that season, um, going into the next season, which is the season we just had, um, they, they approached me with um, a new position that was uh, working, working uh, with the players in the clubhouse. Being the clubhouse chef, what you've so, had,
0: you you've got to elaborate on this because this one I think people would love to hear this, yeah. and two, me personally, I'm a huge fan. You know, I'm a diehard yeah, yeah, baseball yeah. fan. We text, we talk about you know yeah, the yeah. things that you get to see, yeah, the yeah, people yeah. you get to talk to. So um, definitely so, elaborate. So yeah, so
1: they they uh, approached me that they wanted um they they wanted to offer me the position of being the clubhouse chef. So, um, what's that entail? For so them? basically, um. They they get three meals a day. The guys get three meals a day. He's referring um, to the players. The players, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the players get three meals a day um, depending on game time. If it's a 1 o'clock game, they'll get a breakfast, a lunch meal, and then a post-game meal. But it's always an arrival meal when they first get there, a post-BP meal. Um which they'll go hit batting practice. BP, yeah, BP's yeah. batting practice. Batting practice. A uh, couple hours. That's usually a couple hours before the game. Like so you're hours. in the locker
0: room with these guys. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in the Very locker room. Very yeah. personal level with, you know, professional athletes that a lot of people look up to. It's yeah, almost and, an inside um, look. It's
1: been a couple years um, since they had people going into the locker room because of COVID. So, yeah. Um, so only a few people can go in there. You got to be like, you got to be vaccinated. You got to have the MLB badge. You got to have all this, all this stuff just to go into the clubhouse. Um, So You're going guy? into it, uh, going into it, I really thought that, I wonder if anybody's going to listen to this, but um, like that's in the clubhouse. I hope they do. I, you I hope they do too. I'm going to, I'm going to, I hope they do. Uh, but, we'll share it. We'll yeah, yeah, maybe they'll listen. Um, but I really thought uh the stigma of professional athletes was like um very egotistic like of course why would you b- big egos you know yeah. like media why makes would... it seem like um the media makes it seem like there's like just fucking huge ego sorry Chris, i don't even know it's okay um you can just, say whatever you yeah, want yeah, yeah. But, but i really thought that you know i really thought that i was going to meet just people like because i worked growing up i worked in really rich environments um and when I say that, I mean people with a lot of money, like, of and I've met a lot of people that just- You had a bad taste not, in your mouth. Yeah, really bad taste in my mouth. And I've and I've met that person before, like, and I've met those people and like, I just know how they are, you know? So being around people that, um, you know, you're talking about professional athletes, like I thought it was gonna be almost the same thing, you know? So I went in like, kind of like, you know, like ready to, you know, deal with that um and i was i was really like taken back by all the guys i met all the players i met all the coaches the coaching staff and, and basically the whole clubhouse staff um they were just so nice man um everyone everyone in there is so grateful for where they're at and you can just tell like from you know from the first player to the last player on the roster like everyone that comes into that club is is so grateful for the position they're in and um you could see it man like i I really felt like I was like I know I was a new guy because there was like um, they had I was this is the first time I was down there but I know I was a new guy but really a lot of people like you know introduced me to, uh, introduced themselves to me people would walk up you know guys that are not, you, you've got to drop a couple names for our um, sports
0: fans out there they'll
1: appreciate it so um, Tyler Glass now it was is a great example like he's just one of those guys that just comes in and just um, He's just a really nice guy, man, and just really comes in and just. And last night with the Cy Young, or is Uh, he? He's
0: been in the running. He's been in the running. Okay. Um, A a young stud pitcher for the Rays. Yes. You you guys that don't. A lot of different
1: guys. Um, And then me knowing Spanish, I built a really good relationship with all this uh, most of the Spanish players. um, You know, Randy, Wander. You know those guys. Um, But it was really just everybody, man. Everybody in that clubhouse is just like really just a great, a great person. So um, that was really good. Uh, they get three meals a day. They have a full salad bar. They get a fruit bar. Uh, we, we do an action station every single day. Um, and it came with a lot of challenges, man. Like I worked, I worked a lot of hours um, to make sure that things were right, you know? But I wanted to make sure that the food was like the last thing they they had to worry about, you know? When, when you're playing a big rival team, when you're playing, you know, a division. Go ahead team. and say it, dude. When you're playing the Yankees, when you're playing the Yankees, let when you're them know. Playing the Yankees, when you're playing the Blue Jays, when you're playing like the, the Orioles, you know, when those games that that really really matter towards the end of the season, like, dude, that like, um, the food should be the last thing they're Of about. You know, they should be walking in there, know they're gonna great, know they know they're gonna get a great meal, like things like that. And, so, and sorry
0: to interrupt, yeah, but friends, gonna- I want you to know this: the people that. He's cooking for these athletes. They definitely appreciate him. I mean, he's got he's got Tyler Glass now commenting on his Instagram. You know, I'll put it out there because I mean that's a cool thing. Not a lot of people can say that. So yeah. they it's clear they appreciate you what you're doing. Um, you know, I'm sure they realize your effort yeah. that you're putting in. But to to hear you sit here and say it and. Break it down in your own head. It's yeah. it's got to feel good. It's no, gotta it feels feel great, and
1: it's just, it's a sense of like. So when I cook for the whole stadium, um, you still feel like you're a part of something. You still feel like you're like part of the part of the whole team that works inside of the stadium. Um, but basically, so basically, um, what would happen is like. Uh, <laughs> um sorry i lost my train of thought um so basically the what i worked for was like the team and it just felt like a little sense of gratitude and like you know sense of like if something was bad if something was bad i would know right then and there but also when when things were good then you know a lot of the guys would come in and and tell me how good it was or you know just the expression on their faces and things like that but yeah man um Working with those guys is great. It's been uh, it's been a great time being down there in the clubhouse with them. Um, this year was cut a little short; things didn't go how they wanted, but you know, but it's all right. Um, I and you, know,
0: by that you mean they missed the postseason?
1: Uh, well, they made the yeah, postseason. They made the postseason. You're, you're yeah. right. You're right. They lost, on, the <laughs> um, yeah, they, they lost in the wild card series. Yeah, they they lost the wild card series to the guardians (laughs) and for you
0: for you people that uh don't really know the rays are a small market team yeah they don't um let's let's be honest they don't pay the players like other teams do so the success that they've had for their budget is phenomenal yeah the problem is they don't want to make the leap in my opinion they don't want to make the leap to pay the players they don't want to become a big market team they take pride in that small market so that is what it is yeah but
1: the, I mean I'm telling you right now like the guys that are in there man like they like they're grind man they like they're dogs dude like right um, they're professionals uh poche uh posted on his Instagram picture of so all the all the um the all the pictures and I just told him, I was like dude, that's the kennel, dude you know there's those guys that just grind the dogs the dogs yeah um, but, yeah, man, I, you know, I felt really good relationships with a lot of those guys. And uh, they trusted me to make sure that, you know, the food's going to be good. And uh, I'm looking forward to next season. Um, so you are going back 23. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be there. Um, I'll be there next season. And um, I think that, you know, I'm going to be there for the, you know, for the, for the upcoming seasons. Um, but I don't think that that's like my uh, – my end goal in life, you know, like of I course. want to, I want to create something, um, for myself and something. To... Do you believe that's Casa Salazar? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, I have a vision of what I want to do. Um, I just want to, I want it to be a family thing, you know, and right now I have a great job and, um, I really love it. Um, but for later on in life, I have a vision of what I want to do and, um, something that I can involve my family and, you know, my son and my wife and, And everybody, you know, just make it a make it a community thing.
0: And for and for
1: those people that are listening here
0: and for for me, I was telling you, you know, the one thing that I drew from this is you followed your passion. So for those that are maybe seeking advice, they're sitting here saying, I can't follow my passion. It costs too much money. Um, I can't afford to do it. I got to have a regular job. What's what's your advice to them as someone who succeeded while following their passion? You know, you found a way.
1: Yeah, I found a way. Definitely, um, I would say uh, just don't be don't be scared of doing it. Um, plan it right, you know. Like a lot of people are like, oh, just just jump into your passion, you know. Just jump into it. It's like, well, hold on a second, you know. Like really look at how you how you want to go about it. I don't, I you know, I'm I'm all in for following your dreams and following how you want to do things, but I think that there needs to be a correct way. For you to do calculate yeah approach. like you know yeah. like and you need to be you need to be smart of how you do things because like me that i have you know i have my wife that relies on me i have my son that relies on me like i can't just leave my job and just say i'm gonna go and try to open up a business you know that's very that's a very crazy thing if i try to do that right now you know because and not to say that uh that business wouldn't be successful or you know, like I definitely have a lot of confidence in my abilities, but it's Which one of you those should. things. Yeah, you and everybody should. If you're going to go into something that like you think that is your passion in life, you should go in head first. You know, like you shouldn't be afraid to do that, but you should also be smart about how you do it. You know, so, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be, if you have a good job right now, a nine to five and it's paying you well. And it was not even spending. you It's getting food on the table. It's getting, you know, it's getting you by in your off time, instead of going home and, you know, like just hanging around, like put in some work in the off hours um, for and work it towards your end goal. To build that foundation. So like when I like, you know, like little things like we, uh, um, one of my really good friends, Anthony Freeze. he, you know, he pushed me to do a pop up that we did in July. And um, we ended up doing a pop up and
0: explain to the people what a pop up is. uh, So
1: basically, like we just we set up in front of uh, a really good uh, store here in downtown St. Pete uh, boutique. Um, The owner, Austin, really, really nice guy. Uh, We set up in front of his shop and we just sold food. You know, we really we just my plan was to just make a couple items of things that I know and just really just. Try to sell good food and show people that like um, Casa Salazar is like, you know, something that's going to be a good thing later on in life, you know, like not just like we're just starting off right now, but it's going to evolve into this thing. right?
0: And I I think that's smart. One, you're building clientele, you're making connections. But uh, the big thing I want to point out here is you everything that you've talked about as far as following passion, you talked about building your roots building your foundation that way when you go to make that leap or when you, you know, you go to finally, uh, take the jump to full-time, your own business, you're going to have clientele. You're going to have the financials. You're going to have the security to, to, to carry on. And yeah. I, I think that's important.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So like right now, uh, we have another pop-up, um, uh, lined up for, uh, November 19th. I believe that's the date. Um, and it's just going to be another and thing of t- just tell everybody where that's at november uh, 19th because there may be some local people yeah, yeah. listening here november 19th Petersburg, Florida. at a uh, boutique downtown st pete boutique uh, okay. yeah it's just a, a clothing store they have a bar there um their boutique uh clothing shop so they put a play on words um brews <laughs> and, yeah. You know. yeah 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 it's, no, it's, a, like really, it's a really cool spot yeah um, it's but yeah so we're going to be also. posted up there um I don't know the times or everything is yet, but I'm sure Scotty will post it on his Instagram. Of course. I'll always Some share your stuff, man. Yeah, you 100%. know that um... But yeah, it's just it's just little things here and there that I want to keep doing to promote my brand, but also giving my full... my Giving my all to my job that I have currently, you know, as well. Of so course. I'm not going to like... I'm not going to do 50-50. Like I have to go all in on both. You know, I have to make sure that everything is good at you know, my current job and also making sure that like my business for the future is also in the works, you know, like it's not, it's not a hundred percent there. And have I had to put some stuff on the, you know, the burner, especially now having a child, it's tough, man, you know, it's a lot of things to juggle with, but I just, I, one of my really good friends, I just, we just had this conversation. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, just because there's obstacles in life, um, doesn't mean you need to put you know your 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 dreams aside like sometimes you just need to just work a little bit harder and that's just that's all it takes you know just working a little bit harder and and just if it's something that you care about and something that you really want to succeed in and something that you want it to be your like and goal that you need to put the work in you know you need to really grind for it um you need to really put your head down and say, I'm just going to work for a little bit. Wait, you wait, know? Wait.
0: So you're telling me it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, man. It wasn't easy. Of course. Of course. And um, I think a lot of people you, I mean, you're right. A lot of people think, you know, I'll put in, I'll put in six months worth of work yeah. H- here. He is, and you've put in, how, how many years have you been cooking? Uh, like probably like 10, 10, 10 to 12 years, 10 to 12 years. And you're very successful, but you're still working. It's, yeah. it's, it's something yeah, not, I am nowhere you know, where I want
1: to be, you know, right. I, know I love I love the position I'm in and I'm grateful where I have a job where I can put food on the table for my wife. Are you striving? To... Yeah. But I'm, I'm striving to to do something different. You know, I'm striving to do something, something that's that's what I want to do. You know, I I saw my dad create his business being a, being a Mexican immigrant, starting a business, you know, succeeding in that business, being able to um have my brother working with him so my like now my brother is feeding his family from something that my dad created like it's just it's it's crazy you know and that's and that's and that's really uh seeing that growing up was something that I never thought that it really affected me until now I'm like I want it to be I want to do something like that I want to create something that um I'm able to say like, oh, I have other people working for me that they can put food on the table for their families, you know? So, so yeah, man, it's a grind and I'm still at it. And, uh, but I love it, man. I love being in this, in this, in this scenario right now where I'm just grinding consistently. And, um, and I know that once I get there, I'm going to look back and say like, that was the real, like, that was the real, uh, I'm going to say it. Say it's it. going to be cheesy.
0: Because I'm thinking it. I'm uh, thinking it. Go ahead and say It's going to be it.
1: part of the journey, man. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. It's going to be the journey. You know, And that's and then, what it is. Yeah. yeah and so. you know, in, in a way that, um, you know, the way I see that, it's also part of the American dream. Like yeah. you, you were a perfect example of that. Like you, you've had an ideology. From a young age, you've put the work in. You've had your ups and downs, yeah. but you're still sticking with it, yeah. and uh, it's
1: beautiful to see. It's beautiful to yeah, see. Yeah, like I like I said before, like I brought my dad up earlier, but like he, him, and my mother, like they're when I think of the the quote unquote like American dream, it's like I think of two Mexican immigrants that are coming over here and wanting a better life for them, for their children, and willing to give up their life and their comfortability to give their kids something a little bit better. You know? I agree. No, and I then, do. I and agree. And then me being, uh, you know, a immigrant myself and like, you know, moving here really young, I never got to experience a lot of the... And which, do you remember what city you're from? Uh, yeah, Mexico City. Mexico yeah, yeah. So State, I was born okay. in Mexico City. I moved here when I was a year and a half. So um, I never got to experience a lot of things my brothers did, my parents did. Um, but that's, I think that's the reason why I, I really try to work so hard and try to make sure that things are good and so they're you know they're proud of me and i know they are you know and i could i could stop what i'm doing now and you know have this position that i'm in for you know for the rest of my life and it would be it would be satisfying but to be it's like okay like i've reached a point where i'm satisfied but it's not it's not good you know like i want to i want to do something a little bit more you know i want to do something with my last name in it to just show that like you know that People that aren't the quote unquote, like, you know, fit the mold sometimes like they're, you know, they're working just as hard, you know, like of they're course. working just as hard. And I think the, um I think to, to me, like, that's what like that, that dream looks like, you know?
0: No, and in a way you do, you, you embody that American dream. And yeah. the, the funny thing is, I think we get a picture sometimes, you know, we're, we're kind of going on a different tangent, but that's okay. That's what why we're having this conversation, but the American dream. A lot of people, I think, I'll just be honest. They don't include immigrants. You know, yeah, they yeah. they don't. You yeah, know, yeah. you picture the American dream. Oh, American citizen starts from nothing, bloom comes up. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, that's not how this country was built. Yeah, that's yeah. not what um, it was built on. And to be honest, that's not the real American dream. The American dream yeah, yeah. is people that have come here don't have much and have built their own life yeah. and, and you know that's not to say people that aren't native yeah, yeah, here can't yeah, 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 yeah. live the american and that's dream what as i was just well. about to say like i don't um, want to discredit people that like not are at all from
1: are from you know from from super, from super kentucky. country kentucky no you know what I'm saying? Like, not at
0: all not at all but i personally i want to sit here and say you know i want to include the people who aren't from here yeah. because that is a huge part that's the backbone of of really what the country is yeah, yeah, made yeah. on yeah. and um you know if you don't mind me saying this you know Mexican people, man, they have something about them. They have yeah. something about them where they they outwork everybody. You and grind, you do, you you do. And I've, you know, I'm sure my Mexican American friends that I have, because for some reason I have a ton of Mexican American friends, but they um they all have the same mentality. Yeah. They grind, they grind, they build something. Yeah. And honestly, it's great to see. Yeah. Uh, a lot more people should work that
1: way. Yeah, and it's just like um I don't know, it's just the way that I was raised, and you know, and. Uh, what what I like is um I think that I'm I think that I'm in a position where I grew up seeing a lot of people. Um I grew up with a lot of not just Spanish people, you know, I grew up with a lot of African Americans, I grew up with a lot of like people that are born here, you know, a lot of white people, a lot of black people like and I think that I saw a lot of people just grinding, you know, I saw all my friends, their parents working a lot you know I I saw I saw a lot of that so I think that that's what you know that's what I grew up seeing and that's what um you know I'm going to continue doing it's just working really hard and you know and everyone's not like that you know and and that's I think that's fine like you know I don't think that everyone I think that I think that everyone needs to come to understand that not everyone's alike you know like even the hard workers like people that are just out there like grinding really hard some people just don't want to work that hard and that's cool, man. Like if you wanna if you if you wanna settle what you're doing, that's cool. You know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing for wanting a little bit more and uh very, now we're, going very right. now we're of yeah. all people. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah.
0: yeah. no, I am you know me, man. Like I don't I And you are you you're yeah. one of the best people I know. I mean you are you, that's that. likewise, that's, likewise.
1: He's he's not just putting
0: on a front here. This is this is e to his yeah. core, you know.
1: Yeah, and I I mean I said the same thing about you, dude. Like uh, when I first met you, you you know, you're one of the nice people I know, and, and you know me, and my wife talked about me, and Allie talked about it all the time, and um, that's why it was like it was an honor to do this to do this podcast and uh, really like dive into it, and I'm really grateful for uh, you letting me be your first uh, your first episode, you know.
0: Yeah, no, and I I greatly appreciate you know you being here, and um, you know I. I I the goal of the podcast as we've discussed earlier is to have people on that are inspirational, that have a great perspective, that have an outlook on life and knowledge that they can share. And you, perfect example. I yeah. mean, it couldn't start off any better because um, just in the conversation we've had, you've you've um, spread tons of knowledge to people. So thank you for doing that. Um, one thing I've got to touch on, we're gonna jump, we're gonna jump yeah, to go a ahead. topic here because we we talked about it a little earlier, but you are a dad. Um, he walks in here and he's got, I know you guys can't see, but he's got a tattoo on his wrist that he didn't have the last time I saw him. Yeah. Just got a couple
1: of days ago. Um, basically just my son's name with, uh, his birthday, Max, my son's name is Max. His middle name is Emiliano, just like me. And, uh, of course Salazar. Um, but yeah, man, it's being a dad is, um, it's crazy, dude. I was just talking to, um, I was just at a Halloween party and I was just talking to, uh, all the guys there, I don't know why we all ended up in a circle, literally all the guys at over were there. Yeah, it was really, you know, well, parties that couples go, through. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, single parties, was... single parties yeah, might yeah, be yeah. different. And uh, I was there, and there was actually like two guys in there, single, and um, we were just talking. And uh, one of them asked me about you know fatherhood, and and uh, dude, I just went like I was just going, I was just telling and you, should, about. and you should, so and you should, I definitely want to
0: dive into this, yeah, yeah. And
1: it's just it's crazy being the guy in the group now that has a son it's the i'm the first one of like all my friends group that has a kid and uh yeah and yeah it's just it's something that i've always wanted to i've always wanted to be a dad and see my brother how he's with his children um having a great person like my dad in my life like um i've always been very i've always liked the the father figure you know aspect like i've always wanted to a dad period like I think that what me and Ali first got together one things we both agreed on was that we wanted to have children um, so when we found out Ali was pregnant um, it was just we were just ready I think that uh, there was a lot of things that um, there was a lot of things that we wanted to not work on but there was a lot of things that we wanted to make sure were good for us as a family but um, one thing is for sure is that we wanted to uh, both be parents, and we were both going to give it our all, and you know, really, uh, really just go for it. And and uh, and yeah, we have little Max, and uh, he's wild; he's a crazy guy. Uh, we love him a lot. He's going to be a year and one month from now, and uh, and yeah, man, it's just it's a crazy ride. Uh, if I always, I told, I told the guys that uh, I was talking to, I said. I knew I wanted to be a dad from the beginning, you know? And I think that if you have, this is not to turn people off and, you know, and uh, this might not be, this might be hard to hear, but like, if you have any doubt that you don't want to be a parent, uh, just don't, just don't have a child, you know? Like, and and because I think that it's one of those things that you have to give it your all. And and I don't think that it's, it's a shameful thing. I think that that's very, I think it's very bold and, uh, noble people that know that they don't want to have children and make that decision for themselves. So, uh, so yeah, fatherhood is, is, uh, it's, it's great. And, um, that's, like I said, it's one of those things that we wanted to do and, and, uh, we love it. We, it's really, really hard. It's really, really hard sometimes not to, not to make it sound easy and it's really, really hard. And, um, it's probably the most challenging thing that i've ever been a part of um every day it's something new every day it's something different and how old are you uh i'm 28 yeah and you so you so you were a father at 27 i was a father at 27 yeah Yeah. i was five 27 and uh so that's for
0: some reason i thought you were younger but still still i mean you know a father yeah yeah
1: and um ali's ali's a year younger than me so she's you know, she's a really young mom and, um, and, uh, yeah, just being, being the age I am now, like, and being, being, like I said before, like that one friend in the friend group that is the first one to have a child, like it's just different, you know, and like people don't, you know, even, even my, my best friends, man, like don't, they sometimes, uh, it's hard to understand, like what that person is going through. I mean with any situation, you know, like if you have a situation going on in your house no one really understands but you, you know. But, but to have a life you're responsible yeah, for Yeah, but having having a life that you're responsible for and being in that position, man, it's just it's a whole nother monster, man. It's of a course. whole nother monster and it's a lot of curveballs and it's a lot of uh challenges, but I'm really lucky that uh that I have a partner like mine, like Allie and she's she's great, man. Like I'm really grateful for her and She's taught Max so much, and I—I I don't think that uh, I'd be able to do it without her. And that was a big—that was a big part of me wanting to be a dad. Was also to be able to do it with someone that I knew that uh, was going to be there with me. And I think, the whole thing. Yeah, of I, I, I think that's much, right? yeah, of course. I—I
0: think that's a must, right? I mean, when you when you talk about um, raising a child, you have to have i mean you know don't get me wrong there's single parents out there and this is not a knock on single parents at all um but the home environment and the culture um with two parents it's it's much healthier it's much healthier i think most people can agree on that yeah and i
1: think that like um like uh my brother's in the single dad situation and, and he's fucking crushing it man you know he's he's there and he's he's involved and he's he loves his daughter so much and, um, and I give it to him. And it's just, I can't imagine, uh, being in a position where it's just me. So of course that's, I mean, it's just hard, incredibly you know? hard. And, um, but, but yeah, man, I think that, uh, I think that all it all, I think that the main thing is having love for that life that you created, regardless if it's, if it's two people, if it's one person, you know, if it's a whole group of people, cause, that's the big thing too. Like, it's not even that if you do have a partner, it's more of like to like that, that family that you created wherever you live, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, here we have a lot of friends that are always willing to help and a lot of people that are always offering to babysit and, uh, because all my family lives four hours away from here. Right. And, um, but having that like family that you like friend family and having your actual family being able to like, um, always offer help and, You know, every time they come over, they love they love your child just as much as they love you guys. You know, so um, having that is really important as well. So it's just like I said before, man, it's crazy. It it turned our life upside down. Uh, But we were we embraced it. We we embraced it and we embrace how crazy he is and how Mm -hmm. wild he is. And he's always climbing shit and he is adorable. He's adorable yeah he is a cute kid man I I I will say it uh, not to say our kids are cute uh but <laughs> right. uh, when he came out he was a little funny looking but you know he's cute man he's cute um uh, he's the best man I you know sometimes he drives us crazy and uh I'm sure right he- now he's he's not sleeping through the night because he's teething. and um uh, but in the mornings, man, like he just does that one thing and just makes you laugh and you forget about everything. Right. It makes it worth it. Yeah. It makes it it worth it. it, it. And
0: I'll I'll say this, you know, for the men out there, that are listening, you know, you, you just said it best. You conveyed it. You know, you talked about how bad you wanted to be a dad. Um, I think a lot of guys, you know, we don't talk about that enough, but I would say most guys think that way. I think most guys can't wait to be a dad, even if they don't talk about it as much. And um, you know, not taking anything away from the moms, you know, obviously, you know, moms get a, a lot of, uh, a lot of love, a lot of uh, attention, you know, mama's go away, all that type of thing. But you know, it's, it's good to see someone, you know, the dads are there too and you're just as passionate about being yeah. a dad as I'm sure Allie is being a mom.
1: Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We're both like equal and, um, and how much we pour into uh, showing our son things and things like that. And, uh, and yeah, I always try to talk to do like new, father, new fathers, or, you know, there was, I have a friend in West Palm that, uh, just found out he's having a little baby and I reached out to him and I told him, I said, Hey man, I know that it's hard sometimes being in a younger environment and not a lot of people are going what you're going through, but like, you know, if you ever need anything, you know, reach out. Cause it's sometimes hard, you know, like when I was going through Ali being pregnant and me trying to kind of figure out a lot of things by myself, it was hard because, you know, my dad, last time he was dealing with the baby was, was me when I was, that was 28 years ago. You know, my brother, last time he was dealing with the baby was 12 years ago and that was his son. Like they're so far apart from it. Um, right. They went through it hundred percent and they remember things, but it's different. It's just different, you know? Yeah. So, so, so
0: dads become friends with dads. Yes. You know, young be dads, dads become dads. friends don't with be, young don't dads. Don't be
1: scared to like, just ask questions, you know, like if you have, if you're just or not even if you're going to be a dad, if you're like in a relationship where you're thinking about, well, you know, where you guys just start talking about kids and stuff like that, talk, talk to it about with your friends, you know, with, with kids that people, with people that have kids or get the thoughts of other people. And, you know, at the end of the day, just take, take, and that's the one thing we've learned. We appreciate everybody's advice. And we, we, you know, we, we're not like, we're not like those people that are like, oh, we won't listen to any of it. But take it all take it take everything you hear and make it your style you know make it your style uh because at the end of the day you're the ones that are with that child 24 7 you of know course. and and we're the ones that are with max 24 7 and we're the ones that know exactly how he is so not every single parent style is going to work for him you know and there's not that one that's for him every everybody's different so
0: right well you're I mean you're a phenomenal friend I know you're a phenomenal father husband um thank you and and everything you know you're one of the best people I've ever met it's an honor to have you on here um I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with everybody Real quick, before um, before we go, share share your Instagram name. Share if you have anything else, any other promotional stuff yeah. for Casa Salazar. Um, so
1: uh, Instagram, uh, E-Man underscore Zilla. I've had that Instagram name since high school. I'm not going to change it. <laughs> you shouldn't. Uh, ever. You shouldn't. Yeah, That's yeah. Gone. um And then uh, Casa Salazar on Instagram as well. Um, spell, spell Casa Salazar for the people. C-A-S-A. I believe it's underscore uh salazar s-a-l-a-z-a-r um it's going to be on there uh look out for the next pop-up um but yeah people uh, go
0: support him the food's phenomenal but even even more so than the food the food is phenomenal he's a phenomenal person so uh you know these are the type of people that we should support people that are one not only spreading knowledge but they're kind they're kind and you know they they treat all walks of life the same so we appreciate having you on here and um It's been a pleasure. Appreciate you, Scotty. Scott. All right, friends. This is going to be it for episode one. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk soon.